All right. Hello, everybody. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. Excuse me. And this episode is titled Freedom, Part One. And uh, I got a bit of freedom late last night, early this morning. And it was from hiccups. It was from hiccups. I thought that... uh, yeah, there's some um, certain terpenes that give me the hiccups. And I thought that that's what was going on. But it wasn't. I almost feel like i got to get the hiccups right now. <laughs> I'm just talking about it. it sucks. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> it's been a very dry spring in Florida. Very dry spring. At least in Tampa Bay. It's been very dry. And uh, that's been a lot of pollen. A lot of pollen's been collecting. And I took a few shots and flonase to the nose a few days, and I didn't stop hiccups. I didn't stop hiccuping for two days. And it sounds like it's nothing. <clears throat> it sounds insignificant. Sounds like a, hey, that's just, that's yeah, really unpleasant. That's too bad. You know, it must have been unpleasant. I'll tell you what, and those hiccups really, uh, you know, they really made me cranky. They they made me actually mad. It was kind of, uh, it was amazing in a bad way. Because you can't do anything when you have the hiccups constantly. You can't breathe right. You can't finish a sentence. And you're constantly swallowing air into your stomach. And all your body's constantly having that violent shake. And that's just from hiccups. now it was amazing how i'd get a i'd get a respite for maybe like 15 20 minutes and my mood would change completely it'd be like wow that pain is gone i have relief there's a peace there the stress has been removed and there's a peace remaining and like I said, that's just hiccups. <clears throat> that's just hiccups. I know a lot of people who walk around with more intense pain on a daily basis, and they had better attitudes than I did from two days of hiccups. That's pretty wild. You know, I actually ended up, uh, <clears throat> well, I'll put it this way. I, I was uh, sometimes when things, uh, when whenever... I'll tell you, put it this way, from my perspective, sometimes when I'm having a challenge, sometimes the last thing I want to hear is, well, you know, somebody else has got it worse than you. And I'm thinking, you know, that's true. But so what? That that makes, that doubles, so double the injustice is, makes it okay? That's the perspective. That That's the way I hear it sometimes. And then, you know... <clears throat> When that peace does come, and you can think back at, you know, I actually thought of, I thought of Helen Keller, blind, deaf, and mute. How do you communicate with people like that? How do you even learn to begin to communicate with people like that? It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. But I'll tell you what, in the middle of those hiccups, I was pissed. 
I did not give a crap about Helen Keller. I want those hiccups to stop. And then when I got the piece, like I said, then it's like, whoa. It's kind of surprising how something so small as a hiccup can severely disrupt daily life. So <clears throat> I got freedom from hiccups to the absence of hiccups, which meant peace for me because my body was no longer shaking every time I hook, hiccup, had a hiccup. Oh, it was just nasty. It was just nasty. And that's what freedom is. You know, we say, I want to be free. We speak of it politically within governmental systems. We speak of it religiously. We speak of it sexually. The word we use the word freedom in all those areas. Freedom means you want to be free from something, from something, and you want to be free to something. Free from what to what? And I think sometimes the idea of freedom gets hijacked. Even in our own minds, the way we think of it. And I'm going to read something because this is freedom. And this is, uh, when I read Genesis, it is amazing. It really is amazing. It's a very old book. So here we go. This is a uh, freedom. This is the freedom that creation had, human beings had, starting with Adam and Eve, before the fall. And it is, uh, it's pretty cool. All right, this is Genesis 2, 4 through 17. Oh, wait, you know what? Let me finish this up. I forgot to, I forgot to do, I forgot to wrap that up about the, the hiccups and the terpenes and all that stuff. So I came to the conclusion that the flonase was the problem because I changed, I changed uh, plants and got some relief because I'm thinking, you know what? This is an anticonvulsant. It should not be giving me more hiccups. Anticonvulsant, because that's what it that's what it was. It was, I mean, those hiccups were nasty. And it's just kind of interesting how I've used slow nays before. I've gotten good relief from it. But not this time. It was very interesting. It's been a long time since I used it. I guess I no longer need it. Yes, I no longer need that flonase. Just interesting. I had to point out the uh <clears throat> terpene flonase combination there. All right, Genesis 2, 4 through 17. Freedom. What did creation have? What were they free to when human beings were created? This is Genesis 2, 4 through 17. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. That includes marijuana to me. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Both trees were in the middle. The tree of life, 
Think about that as we continue, as you continue listening. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havila, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Now check this out. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man. This is, this is his commandment to him. <clears throat> you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. He said, you can even eat from the tree of life if you want. All you want. But if you choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now I'm not a Hebrew expert or a Greek expert. But when I did look at this, when it says, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. It doesn't actually translate that way. It translates into something like this. Dying spiritually, your physical body will then die. And that gets meted out throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's a spiritual death that Adam and Eve walked into. And I call it something like this. You know, it's kind of like a format change. Adam and Eve, and I say Adam and Eve, and everybody wants to blame Eve, but that's what Adam did. Adam was sitting right there when Eve was eating the fruit. He didn't stop her. So it's Adam and Eve. They're together. <clears throat> and that's the first thing that, that, uh, after, after their, after when Jesus comes back to the garden, he says, Adam, where are you? He says, I hid myself because I was naked. And he's like, who told you you were naked? He became aware of himself and now he's the matter out. He's metting out good and evil himself. And in his own mind, being naked was not good. In his own mind, being naked was not good. So when they took the fruit, they're saying, you know, I don't want the tree of life. I want to have this energy source, but in my own format. I want it to be what I want it to be and not what it's been set up for me to have freely. That's, that was the idea of freedom that Adam and Eve had to break away but still attached because they have no power source in and of themselves. And that's the way it was set up. Free choice, free will. So they took it. And I'm going to jump over some things, but <clears throat> eventually their freedom obviously came with a cost. I should say their their decision 
because what they thought was freedom ended up being ended up inviting hell on earth as at the same time so this is uh genesis 3 21 through 24 and this is Part of the format change this is you know god jesus doesn't say to adam and eve kill as many animals as you want in the garden don't worry about it they'll keep they'll keep reproducing he said you can eat freely of all the plants and trees there was no killing there was no hunting there's none of that it's kind of interesting to just think about the concept of that like huh what kind of world would that be what would we be doing and this is where you go back to I read it in previous episodes, but Jesus tells Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply and to subdue the earth. That's pretty that's uh that's pretty amazing. He's saying be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Now, they say, we've done this enough. We want our own thing. We want our own format. We want to decide what's good and what's bad. And like I said, as soon as Adam heard his maker's voice, he looked at himself and decided that he was naked. He decided for himself that he was naked. Now, the Lord God, okay, now check this out. This is the first mention of animals being killed in the Bible. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim. Now that... We people have made cherubim pictures of them looking like chubby little babies with small bows and arrows in their hands and little wings. I don't get that impression when I read this. On the east side of the Garden of Eden, cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. I imagine that there are many human beings throughout the history of time, that have tried to find the tree of life. Now, I'm not saying marijuana is a tree of life. I don't think it is. I don't think marijuana is a tree of life. I don't think psychedelics are the tree of life, mushrooms, all that stuff. I don't think it's a tree of life. This is something not in our realm of understanding until we come up on death. Till pain and wear and tear set in. And you see people doing things that you want to be doing, but you're not. And you want to be free from that. Because you want to be free to do things with your physical body. That's a very, pretty big... Uh, Pretty big. It sounds very small, but you know what? It's all over the place. It's in all of us. Aging, maturing are sometimes different and sometimes the same. 
So the format changed that Adam and Eve wanted. They got it. They got it. And I brought up marijuana because now people can say what we want about this world. People can say marijuana is bad. Only criminals, dope fiends, drug addicts use it. You can listen to the music and watch it on TV. That's what it's about. And many people have embraced those stereotypes and those stigmas. Why? I don't know, though. I mean, I get it. But it doesn't seem like a place you want to stay. To embrace stigma as if that is you, who you are, doesn't make sense to me. When really, once you get there, you try to prove everybody that that's not what you are. You're more than that. The funny thing about embracing stigma and trying to get fame from it. All right. Let me jump back into Genesis. Now, there's something about this. That is quite interesting. And it, 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 it walks it all out. Here we go. When human beings, this is Genesis 6, 1 through 8. <clears throat> when human beings began to increase in number on the earth. And this is after the fall. This is after the fall. Because I re I've read in previous episodes and talked about it earlier. They, I don't believe that Adam and Eve were the only two people on earth when they ate the fruit of the tree, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the scripture, it says clearly that Jesus saw that their multiplying and their subduing of the earth was good. And he even says it was very good. So I don't believe that two people after the fall of humanity created all of humanity on its own. No, I think a bunch of people walked out of the garden but you only capture the only thing that's recorded, I should say, are the lives of Adam and Eve, the first two. So, <clears throat> when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God, now these are angels. This is something that Enoch refers to in the book of Enoch. The sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. They were not supposed to do that. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. Which lines up with what medical science believe, have you know, what their studies say regarding the longevity of the human body. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. The Nephilim were the offspring of the angels who had children with human women. It's down to that. It gets weird in the Bible. I'm telling you, it gets really weird. You start, you want to talk about fantasy and all that stuff? Read the Bible and, and you'll see that many, many stories have been copped from the Bible. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. 
When the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great, now check this out. These were angels that God had sent down. And the, and the book of Enoch was left out of the canon. A lot of people say it's because Enoch doesn't speak highly of the watchers, the 12 angels that were sent to watch over humanity after the fall. In that book, Enoch, the angels, Messa, Ego, he, they, they do things they should not have been doing. And they pay for it. So the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That's the next step of the format change. Great, how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. But obviously, God did not destroy the earth. And of course, Noah talks about the green plant. You will have the green plant, specifically the green plant. There's a lot of green plants out there. A lot of green plants out there. None of them match up with the endocannabinoid system of the of males and the human being the way marijuana does. <clears throat> That's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. It's called intent. The plant has intent. And like I said, it's an anticonvulsant, even in the face of an inhaled steroid through the nostril. All right. So that's what the format change looked like for Adam and Eve shortly after them, right? Not good. Now this is, I'm going to jump around some big steps here, okay? So... I'm going to jump up to Isaiah. So now this is a, these are a messianic passages. And this is, a, as a, I'm going to read Isaiah 60, 18, 18 through 22, and then I'm going to jump to 61, 1 through 3. I'll let you know when I do. Check this out. No longer will violence be heard in your land. Just before, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. No longer will violence be, violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders, but you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. Then all your people will be righteous, and they will possess the land forever. They are the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands, for the display of my splendor. 
The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord, and it's time. I will do this swiftly. Hmm, timing. Now this is, uh, this is 61, 1 through 3. <clears throat> this is messianic, uh, messianic prophecy about Jesus as well. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So, not only did Adam and Eve want their own format, but Jesus knew that it would be the wrong step. But that's how that's the only way you can give free wills if you allow people to make the wrong decision. We do that to each other all the time. We human beings do that to each other all the time. So it's not surprising that God would, you know, we're copying. We're copying. So that's how that's how some of that was going to be resolved. Messianic prophecy means these are prophets who are forecasting Jesus' arrival and what it meant. Now you think, okay, now this is it. This is the format change, right? They're walking out the format change. And this is what he says. All your people, well, he says, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. That format change that Adam and Eve wanted didn't turn out well. Sounds like there's a lot of people going through hell on earth. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Darkness is what they went into. Between between choosing out of the tweet, <laughs> between choosing the knowledge of fruit from the knowledge of good and evil or fruit from the uh, tree of life. He chose the one that had darkness behind it. You can look at the title of the trees just by themselves. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that it was in English the way I'm reading it to you now. But if you think about it, this tree is the tree of life. And this tree will cause you to know evil. Yeah, it doesn't sound enticing. I'm not judging them. I'm not judging them at all. I'm just saying, when they made that mistake, it wasn't a surprise to our maker. So what happens? What, what could this look like geopolitically? Like, What does it look like, you know, ups and downs, hell on earth? You can look at the news and see that right now. You can look at the news all over the place. War is a constant state now. It's like 
when, when you know it's a funny thing when you say professional wrestling because it's not professional the professional wrestlers are actually the ones who do it for real and not off of a script but it the way wars seem to just be continual almost feels like they're scripted it almost feels like they're scripted Okay, so this is what it can kind of look like. This is what it looks like. I'm going to read you a passage from Jeremiah. And this is interesting. This is geopolitical hell on earth for Israel. While Nebuchadnezzar, Jeremiah 34, 1 through 18. While Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army and all the kingdoms and, and peoples in the empire he ruled were fighting against Jerusalem and all its surrounding towns. This word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, go to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and tell him, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to give this city into the hands of the king of Babylon, and he will burn it down. You will not escape from his grasp, but you will surely be captured and given into his hands. You will see the king of Babylon with your own eyes, and he will speak with you face to face, and you will go to Babylon. Yet hear the Lord's promise to you, Zedekiah, king of Judah. This is what the Lord says concerning you. You will not die by the sword. You will die peacefully. As people made a funeral fire in honor of your predecessors, the kings who ruled before you, so they will make a fire in your honor and lament. Alas, master, I myself make this promise, declares the Lord. Then Jeremiah the prophet told all this to Zedekiah, king of Judah. In Jerusalem, while the army of the king of Babylon was fighting against Jerusalem and the other cities of Judah that were still holding out, Lachish and Azekah, these were the only fortified cities left in Judah, hell on earth. Their nation is falling away. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people in Jerusalem to proclaim freedom for the slaves. Everyone was to free their Hebrew slaves, both male and female. No one was to hold a fellow Hebrew in bondage. So all the officials and people who entered into this covenant agreed that they would free their male and female slaves and no longer hold them in bondage. They agreed and set them free. But afterward, they changed their minds and took back the slaves they had freed and enslaved them again. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I made a covenant with your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt. Out of the land of slavery, I said, every seventh year, each of you must free any fellow Hebrews who have sold themselves to you. After they have served you six years, you must let them go free. Your ancestors, however, did not listen to me or pay attention to me. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Recently, you repented and did what was right in my sight. Each of you proclaimed freedom to your own people. You even made a covenant before me in the house of the, that bears my name. Now, I talked about covenants in a previous a previous. Uh, podcast episode the major covenants that really 
show love to humanity, creation, Jesus makes with himself. He doesn't make it with another human being because that means we have a responsibility and we don't have that kind of ability in comparison to our maker. We're not equals. We're the creation made by the creator. <clears throat> so you even made a covenant before me in the house of that bears my name. But now you have turned around and profaned my name. Each of you has taken back the male and female slaves you had set free to go where they wished. You have forced them to become your slaves again. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. You have not obeyed me. Remember, the old covenant was all about obey. Do good, get good. Do bad, get bad. Hell on earth. It's all about performance. And that's why it was given, to show that humans cannot perform to any type of standard that was part of the original format. We can't go back. We can't earn our way back into it. Can't earn our way back into the garden. It's already in the past. It's all moving forward. You have not obeyed me. You have not proclaimed you have not proclaimed freedom to your own people. So now I proclaim quote unquote freedom for you, declares the Lord. Freedom, quote unquote, to fall by the sword, plague, and famine. I will make you abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth. Those who have violated my covenant and have not fulfilled the terms of the covenant they made before me, I will treat like the calf they cut in two and then walked between its pieces. Yow. Yeah. I'm so glad that I'm born and raised in the new covenant and not believing that the old covenant has anything to do with it. Because there's too many denominations that say, hey, better obey those Ten Commandments. That is literally sending people to hell because they can't do it. And lumped in with that are people. People and plants. Don't use that thing. Don't go over those people. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. And then it's kind of like, yeah, you know, we talked about the stigma. People do embrace it. So it's not like there are there are not people out there actively living out stigmas intentionally. I'm not judging, I'm just saying it's there, it happens. But there's also a lot of people who use it as medicine because they don't want all the other things that a doctor may prescribe. And they may not want those things because they realize that it does something to them that it's not meant to do. But the cannabis, the marijuana, works better. I'm not saying it's going to be like that for everybody. But I'm saying, when prohibition of alcohol started in the United States, churches followed suit. When they lifted, when the federal government lifted the prohibition of alcohol, many churches did not. And they're all living with it now. It makes no sense. All right. <clears throat> now, 
That's what it could look like geopolitically. That's what it looked like for Israel. That's one of the times it looked like that for Israel, because Israel had a lot of ups and downs, just like everybody does. Now we're going to jump up into the new covenant. And this goes on to what I was just talking about in terms of uh, bad teachings, false teachings. This is Matthew 16, 1 through 12. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, he replied, check this out. When evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Now, when we think of Jonah, most of us think of a cartoon character being swallowed by a cartoon whale. Because that's what too many denominations and people within denominations have characterized it as. Not even characterized it, caricatured. Caricatured it as. Jonah is about bold forgiveness. Jonah is about bold forgiveness. Jonah did not want to deliver a message of forgiveness to Nineveh because Nineveh just delivered a large military defeat to Israel. And Jonah did not like seeing so many of his countrymen and women killed by Ninevites. Yet Jesus told him, go over there and tell them that if they do not repent, then I'm going to burn down their city. And you know what? They responded. They believed. They believed and they repented and Nineveh lived. And that's why Jonah didn't like it. He wanted revenge. He wanted revenge. Jesus then left them and went away. Then they went across the lake. The disciples forgot to take bread. Now, hold on. Let me wrap that up. Jonah didn't get revenge. Nineveh received mercy. That's the sign that Jesus is saying human beings will get. Jesus, Jesus then left them and went away. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you have little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Those are pretty big signs from heaven. How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. <clears throat> Quite interesting. Quite interesting. He's saying, 
beware of what you're learning and who it's coming from. Because if it doesn't line up with love, then it doesn't line up with love. All right, I'm going to do uh, one more because, and then I'm going to continue with part two later on this summer. Oh yeah, we're going to keep going. That's why I have parts. Part one, part two, part three. We just keep going. Now, listen to this. This is Matthew 21, 23 through 32. And I call this one sinners welcomed. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. He's healing people. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked. And who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also, so the, never mind, I'm just keep reading. I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. So in other words, give an answer. I don't care what the answer is, but you give me your answer. And then I'll give you the authority that I have. I'll tell you who that authority is. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? And now the Pharisees and Sadducees are pitted against their own politics. They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered, we don't know. They didn't give an answer. We don't know. We don't have an answer. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. And remember, he was giving, he was forgiving people of their sins too. That was the biggest ones that the Pharisees and Sadducees had against him. Then he says this, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Tax collectors. That was a job that if an, Israel, if an Israeli took a tax collecting job for Rome, collecting taxes against other Israelis, they were, <laughs> that, was, that was not a good thing. That's not a good job to have. That's not a good job to have. You were a traitor. You were a traitor and you betrayed your own nation, your own people for money. That's why they were, that's why they were, they were stigma all over them. Now, prostitutes. Oh, don't forget the women. Don't forget the women. They're the ones that will be in heaven first because they believed. I tell you, truly, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. 
For I came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. Oh, no, I'm sorry. John came to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And that's because he was telling them a different message than performance. He was saying, regardless of what you've done, your maker knows all about it. And he loves you. Regardless of what these Pharisees and Sadducees are saying, regardless of what they're trying to make you do, regardless of all the weights and burdens they try to tie up on you to make you earn your way into acceptance, regardless of all that human crap, you're loved and it's been proven with blood. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> Freedom from something to something. A lot of this sounds like freedom from Adam and Eve's format change to peace and love with the maker. Free from hell on earth and free to be loved with peace. That stuff supersedes, that stuff surpasses. And when you think about it, it's like, wow, it's freeing. It surpasses legislation. Until you go outside and you realize, yeah, we are in, living in a world and land of laws. And human beings are the deciders, the arbiters of good and evil. And we actually live in a country where we can elect our own leaders and not be subject to somebody who says, I am the king and there's no supplanting me. All you humans. It's a pretty interesting time to be alive. I do find it still, I just find it very strange, the whole royal setup in England and across the Middle East and other countries. It's just like, huh. Your people still allow that. It's just interesting. Human beings want to be worshipped by other human beings. Until you come up on death. And you go, hmm. What do I do with my time? You come up on pain. You come up on crisis. You come up on crisis. Mind goes a bunch of different places. And through all of it, Jesus says, I know all about it. I love you. I love you. I love you. You don't have to do anything to earn it, but believe. Now, there's something that's pretty cool. <clears throat> I'll be publishing another episode with Dr. Jake Felice and Anthony. Lloyd in a couple days and Dr. Felice talked about Job or not Job he did talk about Job but he also talked about Thomas and Thomas was like I don't believe it not until I can put my hand in the holes of in the holes of his hands and feet and, and then the spear slit in his side 
And he gives him that revelation. He says, okay, if that's what it takes for you to believe, here it is. Then he says to him, blessed are you, for you have seen what you believe what you see. Then he says, blessed are those who believe and don't see. In other words, blessed are those who didn't put their finger through my hands and my feet or their hand into my side. But they still believe. Now, that puts church, that changes church quite a bit. Changes church quite a bit. All right. This is Freedom Part One. My name is Miguel Torres. I'm your host, and this is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity Podcast. Love you all.